Welcome to BizBytes, brought to you by Com Together, helping businesses like yours build their brand through telling amazing stories to engage and grow audiences on multiple platforms. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of BizBytes. And I'm very excited to have a guest with me today who I've got to know over the last few months. And this is, I suppose, in itself a fascinating little tale. We met each other through someone else who introduced us and thought that uh, the two of us might uh, make a good fit together. And uh, we've been working away on some things that create some opportunities for both of our clients in the future. But I thought it was a good opportunity to get Richard onto the program and delve a little bit behind his own story and share that with you guys. So first of all, let me get Richard on and ask him to introduce himself. Well, thanks, Anthony. Uh, and thanks for uh, connecting me with, with me a, a number of months ago via one of our connections. So yeah, I'm, I'm Richard Turner. I've got a business called Fox Turner Partners. Uh, we're a management consultancy organisation specialising in helping clients increase their sales capability, sales strategy, and ultimately get more from their existing clients and increase their uh, the profitability. So, yeah, that's who I am and that's what we do. I, I, you know, you and I have have had a few conversations, so you know I love what you do, um, and it's it's a really personable approach that you take, isn't it? It's it's this is um, you getting your hands dirty and working with clients from the ground up. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, the secret is, is when we start to work with a client, it's truly immersing ourselves in their business, understanding their first of all themselves. Because a lot of small to medium-sized businesses, and predominantly I work with business owners and the sales teams, business owners uh, get stuck. I call it get stuck in the moment because they wear far too many hats. And to narrow the focus on what we call the sales engine, which is ultimately you know the, the engine that drives customer conversations, customer interactions, and ultimately increasing revenues, we find that that is an area of the business that gets uh, gets neglected and it goes into neutral. And as you know, any engine that goes into neutral doesn't go anywhere, it stands still. So it's about working with organisations, truly immersing ourselves in their business to truly understand how they interact with the customers, how they promote themselves, not just with the customers, but within. So it's a team. And we literally get our hands dirty and work with them on a day-to-day basis. And it's something that we love doing. Yeah, and I want to delve into that uh, background and things, but just um, one of the things that I wanted to just touch on at this point was really that that whole idea of that that um, sales engine, which as you and I have spoken about in the past and, and people that know me will, will know that Marketing and sales fit so beautifully together, but often those lines are very blurred for for people that they don't see the difference between sales and marketing. They tend to say them together. I find it even fascinating that people say sales first and marketing when really the marketing has to happen first. You have to get some of the foundational elements right, and that engine needs to be working because if the marketing's not working, then there's not much hope for the sales and vice versa. They, they They are linked, but they're not the same, are they? Well, no, they, to- they totally do different functions uh, regarding a business, Anthony. And 
you know, uh, marketing is, is, I suppose that's a, an area where that you're trying to attract clients. Lead generation, if I can use those two words, lead generation. Once that lead generation gets presented to a business, how, how do you actually deal with that? How do you qualify whether, one, it's a opportunity to pursue or not to pursue? And, you know, we, we talk about sales optimization. Ultimately, when we work with organizations, it's about optimizing the time so they can focus on the right things. And what we find is we've worked with organizations that have great marketing functions. However, when those leads come into the business, uh, how do they deal with them? How do they, how do they qualify a go or no go? And that's where we find uh, a lot of success when we delve deep with sales teams, how do they handle those inquiries and what kind of questions do they ask to engage with potential future clients? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a hundred percent. It's really a, um, it, it's really an important area that people need to understand more about because often they're measuring one without thinking that there's another that yes they have to be linked and they have to work together but ultimately you can only judge the quality of one against itself so you know marketing is only as good as the marketing uh, it, you yeah. can't really you can't really judge marketing by the volume of sales because if you're you, and I've worked with businesses where the marketing we get the marketing running brilliantly but the sales lets them down so you can't really you know and and vice versa can happen of course yes absolutely yeah i mean uh, i'll be interested in, to get your viewpoint on this uh, you know we talk about uh, customer profiling and i'll be interested andrew how many anthony how many clients have you worked with or potentially working with who truly understand what an ideal client it is for them, because that I would imagine that's very important from a marketing perspective. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and it's one of the first things that I do when I'm working with clients that we we talk to them about is is their ideal clients, and and there are two aspects to to ideal clients that I find is one is is there's often that that work isn't necessarily done or they've drifted away from what the ideal clients is, and I often use the scenario where um, people start off in very firm on dealing with one market and then suddenly an opportunity presents itself to deal with something that's slightly off to the side of that. And before they know it, they've been derailed into areas that they wasn't really their original intention. And either the business has to adjust and accept that the ideal client has changed and we've built the business around that, or you find yourself drifting further and further away and loving the business less and less as a result because you start off a business Mm -hmm. In wanting to deal with an ideal audience, but the other the other side of that is perception. Um, you know, I've worked with clients where they've come to me and said in the beginning, "Look, probably only about five ten percent of my clients are ideal; the rest of them less than ideal." And when we actually have delved into uh, their the way they think about their brand and their messaging, it's more about can we make some adjustments to the products or services that they're offering to change the way you think about those current clients to now being a version of an ideal client. 
And the answer is, is you can. Um, it, it just, it, of course, it depends on the nature of the business. But I'm yeah. thinking of one client in particular where we completely changed that perception and and it actually didn't cost them anything additional to change that. The things that they added, even at the lower end of, of clients who they think, oh, were, were not ideal at all, actually the little things that they could add in were things that they were already doing. They just hadn't labeled them and really thought of them as part of the service. And when they focused on that, it changed their perception of how they dealt with that particular that particular product and made them fit into a, a version of an ideal client that they were thinking was lagging before. So a lot has to do with attitude as well, but that then, of course, flows into into your area. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, and uh, you know what what we find is 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 from a marketing perspective, uh, and we you know we work with some interest organisations where you know Google Ads, LinkedIn, and, and they invest all this money into driving lead gen. And one area that, that sometimes gets neglected is the sales engine because they're so focused on lead generation, not lead conversion, mm. which is two totally different things. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's such a it's such an important area, isn't it? Because it's one thing if you're having lots of conversations uh, and suddenly realize, well, I'm having the conversations, but they're not converting. So there's one of two things that are the problem there. Either the sales engine is not working right, or that the people that you're bringing in in the first place are the wrong people, and yeah, uh, and uh, so so it is important to keep a, a, an eye on those things pretty constantly and review them regularly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's an old adage, you know, you you, uh, you can't manage what you can't measure, and uh, a lot of work that uh, we do with clients is measuring uh, the aspects of the sales funnel. From lead generation to qualification to understanding the needs for that particular client, how are they going to address those needs, and what, in terms of qualifying a step-by-step methodology, you've got to truly understand how customers also purchase. We call it the customer buying journey. And, and if you're not aligned, if a sales team is not aligned truly to that customer buying journey, well, it's not about the customer. It's about them. Mm. And that's the thing that we come across very often, where how does this customer want to be engaged? How do they want us to work with them? And sometimes those things get missed, and that's what can cause potential opportunities uh, getting out of the funnel and, and not, not, uh, not converting into, into profitability. Absolutely. Um- I wanted to delve a little, take a step back a little bit because I know a little bit about this and I wanted to, to be able to share it with the audience. Um, tell me a little bit about, you know, the 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 earlier vision, where you started your career and, and how you got to here because obviously we can detect from your accent that um, you're not uh, born and bred in, in Australia. So, so tell me a little bit about Richard's journey from, from uh, how you got here, and, and you know, and, and even the, from the career point of view, where where it sort of started to get you into this path. Thanks, Anthony, and a, a great question. And I'm not going to share my full life story, but I'll, I will try and condense it into the last probably 25 years. Uh, by trade, uh, I was a, a furniture polisher, 
I used to polish furniture in my, in my younger days. And uh, I came to Australia quite a number of years ago backpacking. And I fell in love with the country and I had to, it became a burning desire to actually live over here and bring my family over. And uh, thankfully my wife uh, uh, supported that journey. Otherwise I don't think I'd be here. But anyway, yeah, we arrived in Australia in 1998 from Manchester, the north of England. And from, from, from the day one when we, when we, uh, when we arrived here, I, th I saw this as an opportunity to reinvent myself. So I actually started my sales career in Australia. So I'll set the scene with you. You know, we arrived in Brisbane on a hot November day. I decided to take a couple of weeks out and start looking for opportunities in sales. And I actually started my career in January 1999. And when I started sales, I thought, well, if I'm going to do this, I'd like to become very, very good at it. So it became a burning desire to constantly evolve new skills, uh, new quite new sales techniques, and it became a passion of mine to become a, if, if I can use the words, a sales professional. So over that over the last twenty five years and now, I'm still always the learner, trying to uh, evolve my skills so I can add more value to my clients. So predominantly in my sales career, it was mainly around technology. I worked for probably one of the largest brands in Australia for 15 years. And it was in 2010 where I found my true passion, and that was sales coaching. So I started my sales coaching career at a large, very large corporate organization in uh, technology. And it was in 2018 where I decided that I got quite tired of the corporate life. So I decided to start my own organization, which is Fox Turner Partners. And that is all around making a difference, making a difference with individuals, teams, and organizations. And that is a journey in itself because the learning and the, the adaptability of increasing sales capability and changing behaviors, I've got to be honest with you, Anthony, it doesn't happen overnight. So it is a journey. Mm. Uh, it's, an in, it's not just an investment uh, from a resource perspective from an organization. It's also time. So when we talk about how we can make a difference, it also comes back down to the, back to the customer of how important it is for them to make a difference for their teams, individuals, so they can create better experiences with the customers. So it, it is ongoing. It's something I'm very passionate about. And uh, it's something that I truly believe in. And it's about investing time and resources into developing people. So that's my journey. And it's really interesting to me because um, that decision to make to come to Australia and to make a difference to, your to yours and your family's life that's what you're trying to do in business, right, as well, is that that um, it's not necessarily about moving countries, but you've taken the learnings from from that and that passion that's driven you to do that because anyone that's done that knows how significant and huge that is um, because you're often leaving um, safe infrastructure and friends and family behind and all sorts of known things. So to come and do that, um, you know, is a journey within itself and it's obviously the, the learnings from that that you're taking taking with you 
uh, into what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, sales has, has, has changed tremendously over the last 25 years. Uh, customers expect more now. And customers really want three things from a sales professional and a, you know, a representative from a potential supplier. One, how well do you know my business? Two, how, how easy are you, work, are you to work with? And three, how can you make me smarter? So when, when, a, when, a, when a sales rep, customer service rep, account executive is dealing with an individual in an organization, they want to know how they can help them make smarter, better decisions that's going to impact the business. So they've got to be great listeners and they've got to be very inquisitive because it's about the customer. It it is. And what I find interesting as well is, and perhaps for for anyone uh, internationally who's listening to, to this, is that there's also a cultural part, isn't it, as well? Because sales in Australia, I think, is quite different to sales in certainly in the US. Uh, I think there's some subtle difference between Australia and the UK, perhaps not as much as 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 with other countries. And I think you have to be aware of that as well, don't you? That 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 um, you know we're, we're not in, in Australia. We're not accustomed to being sold to. We don't t- t- tend to like being sold to. No, no, we don't, and. Uh... That's that's where the uh, that's what we try and when we work with our clients, it's about helping those individuals put themselves in the customer shoes. And how would you like to be dealt with? How would you like to be engaged? And what does that mean? And uh, what we find is when you when you are asking better questions about their business, about their industry, about their markets and creating and getting some insights of what they do and sharing those insights, that's when customers, you know, get a feeling that this person who's trying to help them is invested in them, not themselves. Mm, Yeah, I I find that so – Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think it's so interesting that and how it's evolved even more in this day and age. And I think particularly now when there's this, there was this, you know, been this rush in the last few years on purchasing things online. And um, and so in some respects, you think, well, the sales process has gone out the window because everyone just wants to choose stuff. But in, but in uh, you know, themselves. But in fact, people are looking for that service. That the, the, It's not like retailers have shut down. You're still going into the retailers to get that direction and to get that human interaction and understanding of of what it is. We 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 had a really interesting experience um, a couple of months ago when in setting up a new house. So we needed everything. We needed your fridge, your TV, your microwave, all of that kind of usual stuff. And um, we went into a into a retailer who actually initially said, "Well, I hear what you want in the circumstance." actually, why don't you just go and buy this in another place? Like he was actually, and he was working on commission and he was actually sending it somewhere else. And then we actually, you know, but he listened to us and we talked through and he actually did buy a whole lot of, we actually ended up buying a whole lot of stuff through him. But it was really interesting in that approach that he was very, very open to saying, well, we may not be the right people for you. And uh, and, and and not being, um, you know, just led by that ideal of seeing that, seeing the sales coming through. 
and, and it definitely endeared yeah. us to to him and his and his approach. And um, you know, it's it's I I think that whole idea of listening and the and the way sales is evolving, uh, and it is evolving, is something that people have to pay more attention to. Well, that's right. And now, and, and today, Anthony, uh, in terms of if you just want to talk about technology, uh, you know, when you, when companies are investing in technology, depending on the size of the investment, the it's very common now where, where we see multiple decision makers across that decision, where it's about reducing risk, and it's about the, the the individuals of the companies sharing their insights, their information, and then now it's a mo- bit more collective. So now the salesperson that's dealing with maybe three, four, five, sometimes six different people in an organisation, they've got to adapt very, very quickly to each of those individuals to ensure that they're aligned with the thinking and everybody's talking from the same hymn sheet. Because if something's missing and there's multiple decision makers involved uh, and you, you don't know all those individuals intimately, well, the chances of getting that sale across the line is is certainly at risk. And we're seeing that a lot more now, especially in today's economic environment where risk aversion is increasing, customers slowing down on, the, on their decision-making process, and they want to see value in every interaction, every interaction. Uh, we could talk about this for a long time, but there's a couple of questions that I just wanted to finish up with asking you. Yeah. And and one is is that I wanted to go back to to that that leap that you made from uh, furniture polisher to uh, yeah. to living here and getting into sales. You came out and you could you know you could choose just about anything really to get into. But why sales? I mean, you clearly are passionate about it. I think anyone that's been listening for the for for this um, uh, to this uh, episode will hear that. What got you in? What made you want to go into sales? Because most people do tend to avoid it like the plague. It's a great question, Anthony. Um, the best way I can answer that is one that was when we, when myself and my wife and my son arrived in Australia. Uh, I'll talk about myself first of all. I was totally out of my comfort zone. So there's there was it couldn't get any spiritually, financially. Uh, uh, mentally, we couldn't. I, I, we couldn't get any. We couldn't go any any lower. So it was a fresh start. So I think I'm thinking, this is a fresh start. I can reinvent myself, and sales gave me the opportunity to one. We didn't know anybody over here. We'd no family, so it gave me the opportunity to meet people, to network with people, and some of these people that I started engaging 25 years ago, I still talk to. Uh, you know, I've, I've got a client now who threw in directly through an, another network, got referred to me 25 years ago from a client, from a guy that was involved in my first sales training course, who wow. now has referred me to other businesses. So it was about passion. It was about reinventing myself and getting out totally out of my comfort zone, totally out of my comfort zone. 
Fantastic. I love I love it. I love I, I love your story, Richard. And 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 again, we could keep digging deeper and talking more. And I'll give I invite people to 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 have that opportunity with you. I, I just want to finish up with a question that that I like to ask my guests. Um when clients come to work with you for after a little while, they have an aha moment. Uh, what is that aha moment that they tend to have that you wish in many respects that they uh many more people would realize and come to want to work with you as well? That's a great question, Anthony. Uh, I think most clients have have ha-ha moments, but one that particularly sticks out is all around sales, planning, and optimization of the time. Because uh, what we find is when we when we start working with organizations, they may have a sales methodology. They may have a sales process. They may have a sales framework. But it's how do they maximize the time that they've got available to focus on the right things that's going to drive profitable growth? And it's that's the ha-ha moment. Because most organizations that we certainly work with and know of uh, – are, are in a whirlwind because mm. they, they're focusing on the, the shiny object first of all and they, they're trying to convert that where they don't most organizations uh, don't focus on uh, how do they actually segment their customers how do they know which ones are most profitable how can they increase value both ways by working with them more that actually can create other potential pipeline and, and profitable areas for the business through better planning. And that's a that's an area that we see that, that sticks out. And when you start working with them, they go, hmm. so if we just slowed down a little bit, we could get faster conversions. I love that's that. In a nutshell. I love that. Richard, um, again, thank you so much for being part of, of the BizBytes program. And uh, okay. we are going to include lots of information of how to get in touch with you and uh, and all things relating to your business as well as part of the uh, show notes for the program. Thank you for being part of BizBytes. And, uh, and, and uh, to everyone listening in, we look forward to having your company on the next episode. Thanks, Anthony. BizBytes is brought to you by ComTogether for all your marketing needs so you can build your brand, engage audiences on multiple platforms. Go to comtogether.com.au, follow the links to book an appointment for a free consultation.